Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It is 133 at Edmonton. Royal Pizza still making a great multiple locations in Edmonton, now up to 15 in the Edmonton region. Edmonton owned and operated for 49 years. Pizza passes so much more for menu locations. Visit royalpizza.ca. Download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Bob Stauffer with you, along with my play-by-play partner, Jack Michaels from the Oilers Radio Network. This is, is this the first time we've seen each other since the draft? No, is it? I'm thinking it's been over a month. Was there anything? Yeah. What else have we... I guess that's possible. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose it is. <laughs> Anyhow. Uh, all right. doesn't feel that long, but yeah, yeah. I guess you're right. Uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Um, you know, I mean, we maybe you can explain to the listeners just... You know, in terms of his temperament and how he is, what he is, yeah, and how he's viewed, and how he's equipped to handle with some of the whispers. Look, Ryan Nugent Hopkins is among the more level-headed guys you can imagine, especially for a number one pick. I mean, there's never been one shred of entitlement around him at all. He is one of the more down-to-earth people uh, that you can meet. He. What I like about Ryan Nugent Hopkins is he can talk on a variety of subjects other than hockey. In fact, sometimes casually he'll he'll bring other subjects up. He's not you know necessarily. He's a in a horse racing now. Yeah, I mean his dad has a connection yeah, to horse racing. He's, he's interesting. He's yeah. he's an interesting. He's a good conversationalist. So I think Bob and I have always kind of appreciated Ryan. He's also a guy who doesn't run and hide when it's not going well. Yeah. Uh, and he's not exactly puffing out his chest when things are going well for him. Uh, he's exactly the type of guy that you root to have a big breakout year. And I think that last year he's certainly brushed the surface more than once of, of where he could be. And, you know, again, playing with 97 is a great X factor. We've seen Patrick Maroon have a career year with him. We certainly saw Dylan Strom light it up and, and other guys with Erie in the Ontario Hockey League. 
we know Leon Dreisaitl plays exceptionally well with Connor McDavid, and I think that's why a lot of us that follow the team are excited to see what Ryan Nugent Hopkins could do theoretically playing alongside Connor McDavid for upwards of 82 games. We know they're not going to be together the whole year. That's just the nature of things in the National Hockey League. Lines, generally speaking, do not last a full season, but I certainly believe that if you're waiting for a 65-70, 75-point season from Ryan Nugent Hopkins, the wait might not be as long as you think. All right, so here we go. So I put some projections. I know you probably saw them on Twitter over the weekend. I do this every uh, last week of August every year. And your conservative one was Nugent Hopkins. I think you were a little pie in the sky with a few of them, but your conservative one was Nugent Hopkins. I think you had him a 64, is that 62, right? 62, 28 goals, 34 assists, 62 points. Yeah. And I fully believe that Ryan will get a long look on the left side with McDavid and will start the season on the first unit power play as well. I think those are both locks yeah. to start the year. So 28-34-62, I would say, is among your more conservative projections on that particular list. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, he... Now, I might be too bubbly with enthusiasm as far as what I can do for Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and if there is an element of personal bias in there, I'd probably say there might be. Mm-hmm. But I certainly think Ryan Nugent Hopkins has the skills and the hockey sense to play at the highest level with Connor McDavid, which is the highest level you can play in the National Hockey League. All right, so uh, if he... All right, just theoretically here. So we talked a bit about the special teams, and the power play went from... So back to 16-7, because we brought the numbers up in the PK, but the power play struggled, start of 16-17 season, then was... Third in the league the last three and a half months, right? Second from December 1st on. Second, sorry. From December 1st on. And then when we were, remember, we were in Dallas, it was an afternoon game on a Saturday, because the Eskimos were uh, playing Calgary in the Western Final on the Sunday, and Connor was sick on the plane. And we we knew that it was not feeling well. He we missed practice the Friday. We flew out. We flew to Dallas. We had an event that night at Trulux, a uh, great restaurant, by the way, if you ever make it down to Dallas. And uh, Connor had three points, and the power play scored a couple power play goals. They just beaten Vegas 8-2 and had four power play goals against Vegas. And the power play climbed up to 12th. In your wildest dreams, would you have ever thought, that was on like November 13th, 14th, would you have ever thought that the Oilers' power play would have finished 31st by the end of the season? No, of course not. I, I didn't see that coming. I, quite frankly, didn't see the 36-40 and 40 season they had coming. I didn't necessarily think they'd be at 103 points again. I, right. I thought they would have some struggles because they were going to be facing teams loaded for bear and yeah. ready for them. Yeah. And they'd have to overcome that, and there'd be a midseason lull as they learned to be a good team year in, year out. And I thought they'd scrap their way to you know, maybe a mid-90s. Yep. And they didn't get there. Uh, because they were perhaps not as prepared for it as we suspected they might be. Because there is a transition, especially when you've been going, you know, eight, nine years as a bad hockey club. It's tough to then carry yourselves as a good team right away. Right. And I think I think Edmonton struggled with that at times last year, and the power play is a big part of it. And I think if you expect some of those numbers to return to the mean, the power play, the penalty kill, even if they're mediocre next year, middle of the pack in the NHL, let's say 18th, I think that along with some incremental 
improvement from Cam Talbot will put Edmonton right there. Yeah. I'm not saying in for sure, but definitely right there. Do you know what's crazy, Jack? You put a tweet out when McDavid went on that red-hot stretch, and it started in February. And I, and I remember because uh, at the end of the season, McDavid did not get a, a, a vote. Uh, the Colorado guy, Mike Chambers, put his votes out for MVP. And he did have McDavid in his top three. Connor McDavid, head-to-head against Colorado, was the first star in all three games and scored seven goals in those three games. And all, and I remember tweeting, uh, you know, Mike back and said, by the way, like head-to-head against McKinnon, it was – McKinnon missed one of the games, but it wasn't even close. Like McKinnon. And McKinnon had a bunch of near misses. I do remember a game in Colorado where McKinnon was great, and he just had nothing to show for right. it. I think he hit the bar, and yeah. I missed the net Connor by an eyelash. Con- Connor got a hat trick. Con- right. McDavid had a hat trick, and actually McKinnon was right there with him. Yeah. He just had a hard luck day. But the point was, Connor yes. was the first star oh, in all More three than games. Eldazone. Right. More than Eldazone. But Absolutely. Anyways, you put a tweet out with about two weeks left in the year, two and a half weeks left, seeing he might win the Rocket Richard Trophy. He finished with 41 goals. Right. You know what's crazy about him getting 41 goals and 108 points? The team was last in the league on the power play. How does that... Like, think about that. Think about... He he basically, from the second... I, I well, for, the other thing is, didn't he have 13 goals through about 50 games? Jack is like... if Is he, that about right? Yes, his splits... He might have only had like 49 points in his first 41 games. <laughs> Do you hear what you're saying? <laughs> when you repeat it back. Yeah. So he was on pace for only it, 98 it, points. <laughs> you, you, you know what? It might not have yeah. even been 49. It right. might have been like 46. Yeah. And then for had, him, it was a that's, pedestrian fact, That's start. what it was. Yeah. And then he had 62 points in his final 41 games. Right. And the power play was terrible. Right. It was, And it affects every other aspect. Of but it. he got the shoot first mentality. And I think, uh, I think again... You so might what does he do this year? Well, I, what did you have him with? 44 goals? Is that what you had him with? I, 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 I think Connor McDavid's going to score a 50. 50 goals this year. Do you? Yeah. I, I, I think the chances are better than 50-50. That happens. 46-71-117. Well, I mean, that's pretty that's pretty close. I, I would probably have a few more goals and maybe a few less assists in there for, for Connor. I think it's I think it's going to be somewhere around 50-63-113s. I mean, something in that mix. What about so Le- basically the same numbers. What, what, is, what about Leon? It, does he break seventy points if he if he plays less than twenty games with Connor on his uh, on Connor's line? Does he break seventy? He's going to be hard pressed because so? I think the biggest one of the things you and I have not talked a great deal about, and I don't think you've covered it as much on this show as as maybe in my opinion you should is when you look at sorry that's I'm all right yeah, giving yeah. you constructive criticism here, but when you look at Ty Ratty, Yesapuliyarvi, Kyler Yamamoto, oh, yeah. Drake Kajula. I think it's fair to say the Oilers need two of those four to have a good season. Now, the caveat would be is if Milan Lucic comes back and has a much better season, then maybe you only need one of those four. And I think, Bob, with respect to your point about how Leon plays, I think how those players play also will depend on Leon. Because Leon, in my opinion, will get those players the puck in scoring situations. They've got to bury it. Have they proven they can do it on a regular basis? See, I don't think I don't no. think any of those guys are going to play on his right wing. Any of them? Nope. I think Tobias Reeder is going to play on his right wing, and and I got him, you know, sort of like eighteen goals, thirty three points type thing because he's been like a has Reeder though on a team expected to make the playoffs been a. 
top no. six guy. No, and he was a disappointment for Los Angeles, but there's a different. He's on a one year deal. True. So, one- but couldn't you add him then? In, so now are we talking two of a possible five? Sure. Because you're also asking him, if you're asking him to do that, Bob, I think you'd probably concede that you're asking him the same thing you're asking of those four. You haven't done it yet. We're asking you to do uh, it. This I, season. I, I see it differently, and I'll tell you why I see it differently. Because I look at Ratty, and he has not done it. So for me, it's I, I can't. He, he did it for a month. He did it for a month, okay. and, and I think that he's gonna. I think I had him like I, I think I had him and Yamamoto basically around like eight goals and seventeen points in that range. And Kajula and Pugliarvi have shown flashes. Yeah, and I think they've that, all shown. Flashes. I, I think that Pugliarvi is the most likely to have to be. Is he the most likely to be in the top six other than Reader? If you're ranking top six, you have Reader yes, first. But not out of the gate. And pull you know every I, second. Do you, know, do you know what I think is going to happen here on that right wing? Sure. I think that Rowdy's going to get the first shot. Right. I think that at some point, Pull Yarby and Kajula are going to be up there. And by the end of the year, it's going to be Yamamoto. But I don't think Yamamoto is going to be here to start. Who are the two? Who are the two top? So heading down the stretch, and, and I do who's have your top two right wingers. Well, to start. No, no, no. I'm down the stretch. After the ice shaving settle, who are the top two? By Christmas? Yeah, let's say by Christmas, sure. I guess I'll go with Yamamoto and Pogliarvi by Christmas. So you really don't have Reader as a second-line leader by the time Christmas. First half of the year, he's going to be with Connor. And by the the second half, he'll be with with Strom on the third And you're going Yamamoto, Pogliarvi. But I don't have Yamamoto here, here for the first start because if you take a look at the last couple of years with Dreisaitl and with uh, Pugliarvi, they both started in minors right. in their second year, and I think Yamamoto's going to start in the minors in the second so year. So getting back to the Leon question, yeah, that's the key for him to be and the power 70 play. points plus. And the power play, sure. Because he had a huge power play year the year before. But we know Leon is an excellent passer, one of the best yeah. in the National Hockey League. Yeah. He's going to have to have a guy on that right side who's burying it. Yeah. For him to have, uh, if he does, I think he's a point-of-game yeah. player so I without McDavid. See, here's the thing. I'm not counting on Ratty because he's hasn't consistently been able to do it yet. I'm confident in Yamamoto, but I think it might be best for him to start in the minors. Right. So I think there might be a flip with those two guys at right. some point. Paul Yarby, for me, I wouldn't start him in the top six to start the year. I'd have him with Strom and Kara out of the gate. I think those guys did some good things last year. Well, I think they're going Nugent Hopkins, McDavid, Ratty out of the right. gate. And Unless think, something and, crazy happens. And I think they're going to go Lucic with Leon and uh, Reeder on the second line, because I think Lucic and Leon need the speed to start the season on that second line. And then Kara can play with Strom and Pogliarvi, and that gives Pogliarvi third pairings to go against to start the season. And he needs to progress. And this is this is almost like you got an offensive game plan, uh, uh, game, you know, uh, uh, you got your book for football, right? You're, right. And you're sitting there and you're building. Because I think long-term reader is more valuable to the club as on thir- the penalty kill and a, and a third, third line guy yes. as opposed to five on five, top six. Right. But I think to start, he's going to get a look with, from a stability factor. Right. And 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 unlike unlike uh, to this point, unlike Yamamoto and Ratty, Reader has had double-digit goals in the NHL. True. 
Puliyarvi has too. I don't know what to expect from Kajula. Puliyarvi uh, had 13, did he not last year? Yeah, but he only had like two in the final 30 games, and that's what was a little bit concerning for him. Now, some will say he, he didn't get a chance to play enough with Connor. Others will say he didn't get enough chance of a first-line power play unit. He doesn't start the year for me with Connor, and he doesn't start the unit uh, first unit power play for me either. He but what about with Leon? With that, with Puliyarvi shot, can Leon get it in his wheelhouse enough for Puliyarvi to Pul- deliver both Pul-Yarby's on his g- side and Leon's? I side. think Puliyarvi has to prove that he can assist in carrying a line, right, uh, with Strom, and then graduate to the opportunity. That's graduate kind of, to Leon. That's what I'm kind of saying here, right? Gotcha. So, I, and I've thought you about- got the veteran reader. Make someone take it away from him. Right. And I I do think that Reader's also playing for a contract. So there could be, I mean, he might, he did play with Leon a bit uh, with Team Europe. He might be. You a, think there's more there then? I think that there might be more than some people give him credit for. So I, but because what's his biggest year? Something like 14, 12, maybe or something si- like that? Maybe 16 goals, I think he had one year. I don't. Do you want to check that, Dustin? Whatever. Can you hop on HockeyDB and just tell me? But his well, biggest well, year is roughly a 25 to 30 point goals season. that he scored. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, and again, I don't, I have Ratty as being kind of like in the seven goal, 18 points, and Yamamoto maybe getting seven goals and 18 points in the final 40 games right. of the year. Once he's gotten the confidence at the American League level. Yeah. And then I do have Lucic 16, 26, 42. Which, which, I don't, which would be, uh, with a little bit of a physical Tobias presence Reader. in there, th- that'd be yeah, that'd be an uptick, right? So he's got a he's got a bounce back. But now I didn't I didn't list numbers for Kerr and Cassian because I you know some would say well Kerr was double digits last year. I know I think he's going to be hard pressed to do that again. Why? I just do. Okay. Uh, can I tell you something else? If I was another NHL organization, yeah, that would be the guy that I would target. If, All right, that's an interesting if, if juxtaposition I, of statements. There. If I was an NHL organization and I was looking to shed some money on defense and I wanted a guy that could come in and bring uh, maybe a team that's got no... Are you de- trying to orchestrate a deal? Is that what you're doing? Are if, you if, I, if I was with an NHL organization that was budget conscious, uh, that had a self-imposed team budget, not a cap issue, and a team that lacked some jam, I'd love to get you, Jared Kerr. Personally, I want to see him stay at Edmonton. And I think Kerr starts in the third line and finishes on the fourth line. But he starts in the third to start the year. Okay. Most goals in a year for uh, Tobias. I know he had 13 one year, and he might have had 14 another. What do you got there, uh, Dustin? All I see is totals, 117. Okay. Uh, we'll uh, we'll work on that. That's all right, Dustin. We'll get you broken into to uh, all right. So DB. now I'm going to put you on the spot. Jack. All right, what Just, do I got? Uh, Was I putting you on the spot? No, 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 not okay. really. Uh, here we go. So uh, I've gone on record as saying uh, 97 wins for the Oilers. Or not 97, 97. wins? Wow, yeah. that's a big year. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 97 points. Sorry, I've just given you grief. Uh, you are. Toby uh, Reeder, 13, 14, 16. So good memory. Yeah. And his biggest year was was a little beyond 30 points. It was 16, 18, 34 in an 80-game season for a horrendous Arizona club. But he did, you know, 
I mean, he did produce. Like, I don't have him scoring 20 goals and 40 points. I think I have him something like 15 goals and 33 right. points or something but like that. But that he has done that before in his NHL. So I, I had the Oilers at 97 points this year. Now, you right. put something out, and i got to give you credit because the gamblers all think the same way. You had six teams in the Pacific Division between 90 to 98 yeah, the points. Ga- which gamblers? Who, who uh, Bo, one of those Bo ones. I don't know. Oh, if, okay. All right. So what are the Oilers going to finish with this year points-wise? I think the Oilers are going to finish with 95 points. Points. And I think so. You're it's a two-point difference from what I got. Yeah, there. no, so. it's it's very it's very similar. Okay. I think you're going to have six teams in the Pacific with ninety, and I think you're going to have none in the Pacific hit one hundred. Well, let's hope you're wrong, and let's hope that one of the teams that hits hundred <laughs> is the one that we <laughs> okay. broadcast for. Fair hey, enough. thanks for coming in. I think we're. You know what it is, though, Bob, and it's been a long time since we've really like focused it on a division. I think we might have one of the most exciting divisional races in the, the history of the National Hockey. The race Pacific's last wide two years, open. The, the race two years ago. I mean, oh yeah, for the title was good. But I, what I'm saying is, this year there's going to be more on the line because the playoff teams will not be delineated. Yeah. You know, two years ago, we knew who was in the playoffs. It was just a matter of where. Who was going to come in first? This year, I think you're going to have six teams playing for potentially only three spots. Maybe four. But you're going to have two teams miss the playoffs with 90-plus points. Jack, great stuff. See you, Bob. See you. That's Jack Michaels, my play-by-play partner in the Oilers Radio Network. Again, Stu McDonald tomorrow. And for our friends at Horse Racing Alberta. Mark Spector. Stoffer Inspector every Thursday on Oilers Now. Horse Racing Alberta. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, 7,000 Albertans involved in the horse racing industry employed on that front. Uh, we'll wrap up the show when we come back in Oilers Now. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. Oh, that's Connor McDavid. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you. Uh, coming up on uh, tomorrow's show, again, Stu McDonald from uh, the Oilers. Uh, his official title, uh, Chief Revenue Officer, but he's the man to discuss a lot of the things in and around the building, upgrades, uh, all the sort of things that uh, the Oilers can do to uh, continue to uh, work with a uh, totally, um, you know, onboard uh, fan base. Nobody can complain about the, the fans not being there supporting the team. So uh, still be sliding by tomorrow. We'll also have Brad Lauer. He is the head coach of the Edmonton Oil Kings on tomorrow's show. Stoffer Inspector Thursday for Horse Racing Alberta uh, and HRA. Uh, proud to be involved with 7,000 men and women that are employed in the horse racing industry in the province of Alberta. Uh, this text comes in on our Westlock Ford text line. Bob, you just single-handedly increase the NHL's schedule by 17 games. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. 97 wins for the Oilers. Um, 
Again, you can text us at 630-630. There was one that caught my eye here. Kevin from Stoney says, Bob, Toronto is going to make John Tavares the captain. You know what? I think he is going to be the captain of the Maple Leafs. Uh, that is my own personal impression. Uh, the text goes on to say, Austin Matthews will be traded this deadline because he will ref- refuse to sign long-term in Canada. Write it down. I, Kevin, I agree with you on Tavares being the captain. I do not see for a second that Austin Matthews will force a trade out of Toronto. No way that's going to occur. Um, Daniel says, Bob, Golden State Warriors fans are massive bandwagon fans that annoy me. Well, thank you. Uh, Bob, what are your thoughts on Penticton, you two? I'm referring to Bob and Jack. We love Penticton. It was super good. But you know what? Every year that we did that tournament by halfway through game two, we were ready to, all right, let's, let's get the next step going. That's part of the process. The Oilers will not be in Penticton this year. Of course, uh, Edmonton will be flying over to uh, Germany and Sweden to wrap up the preseason and start the regular season. Up next, a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by the 6.30 afternoon news with Jalen I and Andrew Gross. Tonight, Reed Wilkins has Inside Sports. We'll rejoin you tomorrow on Oilers Now. Offer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Ched. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Ched.